listeners, it's been a very, very long time. I think the last episode I did was sometime last year. Um, It's been quite hectic uh, coming into the new year. January was basically like, bitch, we hate you and beat me almost to death. And now we're in February and it's lighting up a little bit, but you know, still going through the struggles, but trying to get everything, you know, situated and try to come up with some new topics. So happy new year, Merry Christmas, all of that great stuff. Uh, if you hear any feedback in the background, that's because I'm driving and typically this is when I have a lot to say when I'm driving on on my way to work on my way home it's just things that have festered up inside of me um so to go back to my first episode I know that we were talking about D Wade and his support for his child uh coming out to him well it is now official Dwayne Wade is officially a girl dad. That is right. So his son has come out to his father as transgender. So now D Wade has another daughter. So we're going to start using female pronouns with her. And if if you didn't see the video, I could post the link um, of the video in in the um, episode description. But the love and the support that Dwayne Wade is showing to now his daughter is... It's absolutely amazing. And there's several reasons why I say that. And it's kind of, and this is going to segue into what I really want to talk about. And that's basically parents, love, support, acceptance, and how much, regardless of how old we are, how much we crave that. But it's, it's great to see him break the cycle of abuse neglect simply because their child knows who they are and who they choose to be and it wasn't too long ago where I kind of I kind of had the same conversation with my own mother and and this is not to say that my mother does not love me. Let me make that perfectly clear. My mother loves me unconditionally. However, there I won't say she loves me unconditionally. That this goes back to this whole love with conditions. Because I am not who I was born as or who she would like me to be it's 
it's caused some awkwardness in our relationship. Now, mind you, when I decided to transition in 2011, it was right after my grandmother passed away. But my grandmother knew of my plans. She knew I was transgender before she before she passed away. And her biggest concern was, how was I going to tell my mom and my dad? Uh, at the time, she was the only living grandparent that I had. My grandfather passed away, what, January of 2011. She passed away in April of 2011. And my dad's parents, they, they were passed. Well, my grandfather on my dad's side was passed right before we were born. And his mom passed what uh, a year and a half after we were born in May of 1982 so at the time my grandmother was my only living grandparent and she was her and my twin sister were basically my only support system throughout this entire journey I couldn't even really depend on the girl I was dating at the time because whenever we got into it she would basically use my transition against me you know the whole calling out your name um calling you by your dead name instead of your preferred name and when i say dead name i mean a name that was given to you at birth but you have since deaded that name and that's why i'm very particular about not telling anybody my old name or what my name used to be because of the trauma that to this day I still deal with when when I'm called by that name. However, I talked to my mom not too long ago. I ran into a situation and it was it was weighing heavy on me and I was telling my mom what was going on with the situation. And her response was is, you know, you basically got to live right and, and, and walk right with God. And it kind of took me back. And I immediately texted her back and asked her, so you don't think I'm living right? And instead of waiting for the response, I just called her. And as I was like, Mom, you don't, you think I'm going through this because I'm not living right? And her response was, well, what do you, what, what do you think? And I was, I was just flabbergasted, you know, not, not saying that I was sitting here looking for her permission to live out my life. But even at 39, you know, I, I still want her to be proud of me. I still want her to accept me as one of her own but it all boiled down to you know it's real scary when you go through the links that you have to become something that you're not and regardless of how how much medicine you take and how many surgeries you have you will never ever be a man 
and I felt like a little puppy dog with my tail tucked between my legs because I wasn't necessarily ready, I guess, to hear my mom say something like that. And I was just like, yes, ma'am, you're right. And because at that point, I didn't want to start an argument. But how different would my my life, my mental health, and my emotions be had she simply said, I don't care how much medicine you take, I don't care how many surgeries you have, you will always be my child, I will always love you, and I will always support you in everything that you do. Now, my parents are extremely extremely religious and I used to be a part of their faith as well but I kind of took a step back and decided uh, religion really isn't for me it's it's a form of social control in my eyes to tell people what they can and can't do most of it is basic common sense however uh, I'm more of a spiritual person I don't think that the laws apply to me when it comes to a, a book. I'm not confined by a book or the teachings of that book and I can't confine an almighty being to a few hundred or a few thousand pages. I can't do that. So I'm more of a spiritual person versus a religious person. Let's make that perfectly clear. However, I want, you know, I want parents I want children to really think about um, the things that you say to one another, how it could potentially break someone down. Now, if I was younger and I was back in my depressive state, suicidal state, that very statement alone could have cost me my life and I could have succeeded in an attempt to commit suicide because I felt like my parents didn't love me. Fortunately, I'm a little older now. I'm a little, you know, more set in my ways. I'm financially stable to where I don't necessarily have to depend on them. But it still would have been nice for that love and that support. Now, I think the dumbest thing, and this is not just for transgender um, children, uh, not just for transgender parents or parents of transgender kids. This is for any parent any in any family that has someone who is a part of the LGBTQ plus umbrella. We're not all the same. All of our walks of life are not the same. However, we are trying to fight the same fight of equality. Meaning equal playing field across the board um, but think about the words that you say to these you know to someone who decides that they want to come come out if I don't have the love and the support of my parents then I'm not expecting the love and support of those around me or those outside of me right I'll mm, I'll use this as an example. Um, I did a, a panel discussion for for my job. 
and one of the girls asked the question like you know I, I really want my best friend to come out to his family because it's really weighing down on him and I just want him to be free but you know if if he's not really manly around his family like his cousins they'll pick fights with him or they'll say faggot or sissy and use all this derogatory language around him but I really just want him to come out and I literally had to stop the girl in her sentence and was like wait a minute that's why he's not coming out it has absolutely nothing to do with the people around him if all of his friends know and his family don't that's the reason why why am I going to further subject myself to abuse humiliation just to come out around family members who probably deep down in their soul already know but it's going to make it 10 times worse no I wouldn't feel comfortable coming out in an environment like that not to them absolutely not but it's not about you and how you feel and how you want him to feel it's about how he feels right now this is his story he comes out when he when he damn well pleases he wants to come out you know but it's things like it's things like that with with family members taunting using derogatory language uh, you know abusing even strangers for for how they live or what they want to do with their life. We see it every day. We see it every day. I was stuck in the church when I we stayed in church. Sunday was choir rehearsal. Monday we had Monday we had prayer service. Tuesday we had Bible study. Wednesday it was basically like a, a free night. Thursday we had something to do. Friday, it was Friday night prayer. Saturday, we were in church all day Saturday. It was basically, what, probably about 9 o'clock in the morning from like 9 to 10.30. It was uh, Sunday school and then from 11 to like 4, it was our regular church service. Then we left church service and came back that night at around seven o'clock i think it was like seven o'clock and then leave out the church until like 10 to get back up in the morning to go back to church for choir rehearsal uh band rehearsal or whatever because i played in i played the drums so i had to be there to know what songs the choir had to you know were about to sing but still we stayed in church and that's all that we heard about how wrong this was and how wrong that was and 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 all of this and all of that but one can even say that in the bible jonathan and daniel had a homosexual relationship but you know who am i it's it, it's that's my interpretation of the bible and and that's and we'll get into all of that later i don't even want to get into that conversation because interpretations in the Bible and other religious books, it 
it can it can leave cloudy judgments and and that's why I don't even do religion. I just do spirituality. But just think about how different children and and adults would possibly be if everyone was just inclusive and said I don't, you know, look, I just want the best for you. Everybody feels like I just I just spent all of this money and 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 made all of these changes to be further discriminated, to be further harassed, to be further excluded. All because I just woke up one day and and was like, "Hey, let this is a path that I that I want to choose." I could have I went from one of the least feared members of society, a black woman, to one of the most feared individuals in society, a black man, an educated black man at that. So you mean to tell me that I that I purposely just wanted just wanted this. To me the decision to transition was a life or death decision. It had to, it, it got to the point to where life was simply not worth living. I was lying to myself and I was lying to the people around me. And lying to yourself is a lie, right? That goes against whatever, whatever higher being word that you guys, you know, listen to or portray or don't. But I couldn't, I could no longer lie to myself. I could no longer lie in bed hating the person, not inside, but hating the physical person outside to where I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want new people talking to me. I didn't even want to be a part of anyone's existence because I was that shameful in how I was presenting myself and I, it felt like I had to laugh it off and kiki it off. And that and that wasn't me. I was miserable in my life. So just think about the kids that you're raising and the kids that you're around and the things that you're teaching and, and preaching to these children. And, you know, the LGBT community, we have one of the highest suicide rates, highest suicide rates. And all it would take is somebody to say, look, I love you. I support you. Get on these bullying, you know, anti-bullying campaigns. I love you. I support you. Now, granted, Dwayne Wade has way more money than my parents or me could ever see. You understand what I'm saying? So he has uh, he has an advantage. There's a lot more that he can do and a lot more resources. However... I simply praise him for breaking the cycle and breaking that stereotype of how things, how people think things should be when dealing with LGBTQ plus kids or family members. It was a breath of fresh air to see an African-American man support and love his child. 
for their differences and being honored enough for her to share how she really felt with her father and how he's right there with her along this journey because it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough road people are already hating on him oh 12 years old is too young hell 12 years old is quote unquote when when Jesus started quote unquote doing miracles and said that that was the age of of consciousness basically of when when a child knows right from wrong when their when their soul and their spirit is no longer tied to mother and father but they have their own so how is 12 too young she knew what she was before anybody knew what she was but to see that acceptance to see that inclusion to see that love unconditional love for their child for their child that that makes all of the difference in the world all of the difference in the world and i just wish more parents could be like that one of the dumbest things that you could ever do is abandon kick your child out it's already hard enough as it is to come vulnerable exposing my deepest darkest secrets with you for you to tell me how much you disapprove and to kick me out with nowhere to go with no one to fall back on with no one to lean on it's heartbreaking and it's troubling but I told y'all in my first episode, I said, I don't know. I don't know her pronouns, but, you know, they're wearing nails. They're wearing crop tops. It's a strong possibility. <clears throat> so now she has officially come out. And I know D. Wade has had some interviews, said some things on Instagram about it. But I'm very, I'm just really excited to see what their journey looks like. I hope that um, as quote unquote private, they really are at, in, you know, in celebrity sense. I really hope that they let us in and, and gather a sneak peek of, of this journey so people can be well, more well-informed and more educated about this process and to, and to really, really see the changes and the battles and the obstacles and the hurdles and the joy and the excitement that majority of us go through with starting a brand new chapter in our life. But um, that's it for uh, this actual segment, and we will be right back after this small quick break hey listeners i have an ask of you 
I'm humbled and grateful for the listener interest over the past few weeks and the scores of messages received, letting me know that this podcast has improved your day or week, has simply been inspiring. Special thanks to the community for engaging and interacting with the show in many instances daily. I want to keep the podcast focused on content that informs, entertains, and is mindful of your time. One way to accomplish this is direct listener support. Your support will help the show grow and lead it into the 21st century. I've set up a link where you can quickly and easily support the show, and the whole thing will take no more than 30 seconds. It's anchor.fm backslash LGB and the T backslash support. That's anchor.fm backslash LGB and the T backslash support. We're asking for $5 a month, but you can contribute as much or as little as you like. If LGB and the T is a part of your day or week and you will love and you absolutely love what we're doing, please visit anchor.fm backslash LGB and the T backslash support and support us any way you can. Thank you. And we are back. Thank you for joining us again for this episode of LGB and the T. I'm your host, Byron Salter. And here we go um, into the shit. So recently, Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, uh, Governor Bill Lee actually got an anti-LGBT bill or legislation uh, to pass is HB 836 which allows taxpayer funded adoption and foster care agencies to turn away LGBTQ couples Um, at this at this state Tennessee Uh, actually has more anti-LGBTQ legislation in the works which activists are calling uh, slate of hate. There are a lot of major corporations that have come to the forefront against the legislation that just passed. Um, Amazon which has been um, very vocal about it and is trying to expand into Nashville. Uh, they issued a letter uh, warning the state, but the largest um, company that is actually headquartered in Tennessee is FedEx, and they have been silent on the entire fiasco. Now, a total of 142 businesses did sign a letter announcing their opposition of Tennessee's recent um, anti-LGBTQ laws. Uh, And apparently, I guess that didn't help a lot of the residents and a lot of commentators have said that these bills, the anti-LGBT bills, will put... um, 
economic success at risk for the state of Tennessee. You got to remember, uh, it's not only Amazon that's there, uh, Nike, American Airlines, a lot of big major corporations that operate uh, within or headquartered in Tennessee. Not to mention, I am a frequent traveler of Tennessee, uh, specifically the Searville, Pigeon Fort, Gatlinburg area. It's a great tourist attraction. That's where Dollywood is, is uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, Ripley's Aquarium. Uh, so it, it brings in a lot of revenue, a lot of businesses. I know that they have car shows there. They have the famous wax museum, a big wax museum that's out there also. And at least once a year, a group of my friends or my wife and my son, uh, either once or twice a year, we would frequent that area for vacation just to get away. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Tennessee will not see a dime, not see an ounce, zero pennies from me moving forward. I will, I will have to find another place to vacation uh, because this is just uh, ridiculous. But with that being said, um, this um, this this legislation. Uh, it actually creates unnecessary hurdles to economic competitiveness. You got to think about it. A, a lot more of these larger companies are implementing diversity and inclusion practices and policies within their organizations. Hence, if they are unable to protect or to help the people, the very people that they're trying to recruit and retain, it'll be very, very difficult for these companies to maintain and to stay in the state and operate in the state of Tennessee at this time, which means that these big corporations could eventually pull out of Tennessee, leaving an economic strain on the state altogether. Uh, policies that signal that the state is not welcoming to everyone put our collective economic success at risk. Uh, a, letter, um, a letter states to uh, Governor Bill Lee, um, it is... It is both a business imperative and core to our corporate values that our customers, our employees, and their families, and our potential employees feel fully included in the prosperity of our state. Now, more than $22 billion uh, in tourists have, was spent in Tennessee in 2018, according to the Nashville Business Journal. Um, it's become Nashville has become like a huge hub for like a, a tech um, like a tech sector sector um, of the world um, and Amazon is actually in the process right now of adding five thousand additional jobs as a part of operations hub in that city uh, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if Amazon decides to pull out from that considering that this bill just passed now, 
they've got a lot of other organizations that are now involved, such as GLAD um, and and some other, um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, advocates of the LGBT community. Now, FedEx is, I mean, they, they pretty much just piss me off because they feel like they have no obligation to really say anything and their refusal to even address this considering that they are the they are the major uh, company in that state it it is it's it's ridiculous to me but I don't even um, I don't even mess with FedEx in the first place. I, I do so happen to like UPS a little better. Um, but I, I feel like um, equality is super important. And it's, it's no longer about, you know, what's right and what's wrong. You want people to be included and you want people to be protected in this what we call great country however certain states are going against that grain it's it's simply about human rights and unfortunately african americans had to go through it you know it wasn't it wasn't too long ago where african americans couldn't vote hell it wasn't that long ago where women couldn't vote it wasn't that long ago where African Americans were considered one third of an actual human being. It wasn't that long ago where African Americans could even shop, eat, uh, drink, participate in the same activities as their counterparts. So it's an ongoing battle. And unfortunately, if people are not educated, it things like this tend to go by the wayside everybody wants to throw out the bible and last segment i explained how i'm i'm no longer religious i'm i'm more so spiritual and this is the reason why everybody wants to confine what's right and what's wrong based off of scriptures that were written thousands of years ago and and not and not warrant any merit to those actual words that are in that book um, and I refuse to be confined in the pages of four corners that's that's not how I choose to live my life I believe that there is a higher power I believe that higher power is 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 an all being it's a spirit it has no gender but I can I cannot force myself to live my life as something that I'm not as much as it hurts my feelings when people berate me when people discriminate against me or my community um, the slurs those do hurt my feelings but what what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger and at this point in order to see the rainbow we got to first go through the rain so this is a struggle and and a process that that we all allies included need to be involved in uh participate in 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 what your governors and local politics because local politics is what affects you right here right now 
you know, we can rant and rave about what's going on in the White House and the damage that uh, President Trump has caused, the trauma that he's caused. However, it's, it's imperative that we vote in, in local elections. That way, we start at a local level and we work our way up. You have to start in, in local politics first that your House of Representatives, your senators, your um, even your local house, your local capital uh, representatives, um, city, county, it's imperative. Even the judges that you vote for make a difference in, in what's to play out and what's to come. It's, it's not all about... It's, it's not all about, hey, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm just going to simply vote Democrat. We have to take the initiative and thoroughly research who these candidates are, what their plans are, how they plan to implement these things. Because you have to remember, we're about to come up. <clears throat> we're about to come up on a new election year for the president, right? We have about four or five great running mates right now for the Democratic Party. And right now, Budacek and... Not Budacek. Why do I call him Budacek? Um, I call him um, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete and Sanders are literally neck and neck right now. With Warren coming in third. Biden coming in fourth. It is imperative that we dig deep and really figure out what these candidates stand for and how they plan to implement um, their agenda to the rest of the world. The president does not have all power. The president also has checks and balances. Hence, why it's important to to continue to vote for your senators and your house of representatives because things don't work out if if it's not balanced out there's got to be checks and balances it's got to go through the house then it's got to go through the senate and sometimes it goes back to the house if it's wrong or it goes to the president for veto if it didn't make it this way so it's it's really important that that we get out there we do our due diligence we do our research we figure out who's the best candidate uh, whether democrat or republican and and take it from there now I will say this, and I'm not I'm not a big political person. I just think that it's important to vote. My my grandmother has told me stories about what she had to do in order for her her voice to count. So I take voting as as not a a privilege but a right that my grand that my grandmother fought for and and wanted to have so i do that in you know in honor of her memory and to make sure that that our voices and my legacy of my voice is continues to be heard but with everything that is going on in the nation right now um you know again i i, I always say you know i'm i'm not for for or against republicans i'm not for or against Democrats. Um, I'm here for the right guy 
to do the job with the climate that the world is in right now. I do not feel comfortable with voting for Trump. I did not vote for him the first time and I will not vote for him again. The first time it was a and and it boggles my mind and you know I'm not trying to discredit anybody that voted for him that is your right um, to do so but I in good conscience could not vote for someone who who degrades women who I see as a sexual predator who I see as a as a racist who I see as a liar in good faith and in good conscience, I I can't see myself voting for someone like that um, to turn my head and say, oh, well, he didn't mean it like that or turn my head against the things that he's done. And even in office, you know, with the whole going against foreign affairs and policy and you know that whole quid pro quo uh thing it 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 just it bothers me on so many levels that I can in great confidence say that I would vote for him or that he's good for America period that's not to say that I you know do I think that any of the Democratic uh, candidates would be any better? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And to be to be fair, it's is is America ready for a female president? I don't know. Is America ready for a gay president? I, I honestly don't know. What I do know is, is that even, even now, within my, my own community, within the LGBT community, there's some reserves there. There's a, there's a guy which I need to delete him off of my friends list anyway because he's, he's a racist and he's, I mean, straight up racist and he's homophobic, but he's a trans man, and that's not, and and that's not you know out of the norm either to be a part of uh, of a community and still be transphobic or homophobic that is that is not outside of the norm we're you know everybody has opinions just like everyone else however you would think that being a part of of a, of such a vast community who I wouldn't say walk the same journey, but walk a similar journey of discrimination, um, neglect, homelessness, healthcare, medical, you know, medical care, all of that great stuff. You would think that there would be some form of empathy or sympathy with, or even, um, a conscious effort of understanding how America has progressed to even remotely get this far to have a gay presidential candidate but instead you know I mean throwing out homophobic remarks basically a stance is I, I believe the, the president position should be held for a 
cisgender white man who is married to a woman. I don't think that they should be any other race but black or white. I don't think that they should be anything other than straight. I don't think that um, they should be uh, younger than 40 years old. It, I mean, it was a it was a load of crap to the point where he ended up getting reported anyway. Um, but even when he got back out of Facebook jail, he basically said, "I would if we if we have a gay president, I would rather move to China and walk around the streets during the coronavirus without a face mask on." Like who? says that who does that but again even in our own community we have people who are homophobic and transphobic so it's it's not outside of the norm it it was just beyond me that I even had someone like that on my friends list and he even said some things about um D-Wade's daughter coming out as transgender also so he's about to be as communicated off of my friends list anyway whereas majority of my friends they're basically like you don't want this smoke I wish I would see something on my timeline it's, they're you know do not pass go do not collect $200 I will eat you alive I will block delete you friends family I don't care period you know so I do still you know I have friends like that but it was just surprising that this one even snuck on my friends list and I and I believe it was because we had a ton of mutual friends and you know I tried to include everyone in the trans community who asked me as a friend on Facebook because we do have some things in common and you know I don't care who your mama or your daddy is you know, I'm I'm your brother from another mother, or you know, you could be my sister from another mister. You know, so um, it, it we just have to we have to just be conscious of of what we're getting ourselves into. It's 2020 now, so we need to be very, 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 very well aware of what we're doing where we need to go from here and how to progress um, our efforts of diversity and inclusion and um, what we can do for the community as a whole. Not just LGBT, but there's a lot of other minority communities that that we need to, to put our focus on. Uh, stricter gun laws, uh, education, wellness and health care. So it's a, it's a lot of things that's on the plate and a lot of things up for grab this year. Uh, so don't just sit on your ass and not do anything. Go out and vote. And if you also have the means, um, help out and try to transport some other people to uh, vote with you. I know this year... I've actually taken the day off so I could go take some of the elderly within the community to their polling places so they can go vote. After I vote, I'll vote early in the morning and then my car is pretty much all theirs. I'm going to take them back and forth 
so they can have their voices heard. We fought too long and too hard um, to, to make the uh, things happen. So I think it's important that we we have we get everybody involved and everybody have an equal opportunity to actually uh, go vote. But that is it for me. Again, if you have any um, questions that you would like for me to read during my podcast, please feel free to uh, reach out to me. My information is actually in my uh, bio for my podcast. I would love to read some of your comments or some of your questions uh, during the podcast. Again, I am your host, B-Ron, and thank you for joining us for the LGB and the T. Until next time, see you.